May mercy and grace and peace be yours from God our Father and from his Son who sees clearly where he must go. If you had to choose, which one would it be? Which sense would you choose to lose? To not be able to hear. No voices, no music, no first words from a baby, no giggles between tween or teenage girls, only lip reading when I stand here and say, I forgive you all your sins. To not be able to speak. You couldn't join the cheers when Farley Dickinson or other universities win their games and upsets in the NCAA tournament, and you couldn't join the groans when A&M goes out in their first round game. You couldn't sing the hymns in worship or confess the creed. To not be able to see. No, surpri- no sunrises or sunsets, no stained glass, no sparkling eyes or smiles of your father or your mother, your husband or your wife, your son or your daughter, no body of Christ to see on the cross, no body of Christ to see sitting around you. May the Holy Spirit give you attentive ears and expectant hearts this day to hear God's word of law and gospel on this fourth Sunday in Lent. His word about two kinds of blindness and two kinds of sight. People God dearly loves. John 9 doesn't begin with many details. There's a miracle with an unnamed man. It's in Jerusalem. It's on a Sabbath. But this amazing miracle causes all kinds of commotion and prompts all kinds of questions. The disciples ask the first one. Rabbi, they query Jesus, who sinned? For someone must have sinned is their conclusion when they see this blind beggar. Was it this man? Was it when he was still unborn? Or was it his parents? What did someone do? As is often true with the disciples and with us, they're asking the wrong question. So Jesus redirects them and us. Don't be worried or perplexed by where, about where the blindness came from or where the cancer or the stroke or the dementia or the cerebral palsy came from. But focus on how the work of God will be displayed in him and for him. Then Jesus speaks about night and day and his necessary redeeming work. But after that, the miracle follows. After he declares, I am the light of the world, a light for a world that is in darkness and in blindness, Jesus spits on the ground. He mixes his saliva with some of the dust on the street and makes mud. Then Jesus uses the mud to anoint the man's eyes. If you are that blind man, what do you think is going on? You hear the splat of the spit. 
You hear the stirring of the ground softly. In a moment, you feel the cool and wet mud daubed on your eyes. What fun! What gooey fun! Then you hear a simple command. Go. Go, the voice says. Go over to the pool of Siloam and wash the mud out of your eyes. The blind man goes, maybe with a friend leading him. And notice... John tells us that he's sent to water, which means sent. He washes. His eyes are healed. He sees, and he hurries back. But, though this is a small, it's an important detail, Jesus has disappeared. So the former blind man and ex-beggar goes back to his neighborhood. Now, I'm going to call him the Fobmeb from now on. Former blind man and ex-beggar. And the people start talking. People who knew him are saying, isn't this the same guy who used to sit on the corner asking for coins? It is, some exclaimed. It is not, others stated. Still, you know, he sure looks a lot like that beggar we used to walk past. But the Fobmeb won't stop saying, I am the man. How? The neighbors wonder, how were your unseeing eyes opened? That man called Jesus, he says. He made mud. He leaves out the spitting detail. And he anointed. What a wonderful verb that John uses. He anointed my eyes and told me, go to the Siloam pool and wash there. I went, I washed, and I can see. So where is he? Where is the one who did this amazing miracle? I don't know, the healed man replies. I never saw him. I only felt his touch and heard his words. From here, the conversation expands. Verse 13 begins with they. But who are they? Were they the other observers who thought, We have to figure out who did this and how and why it was done. Or did the neighbors of the Fobmeb decide to include the Pharisees in the investigation? Here's another important detail. This miracle happened on a Sabbath. Working was prohibited. And while you, especially the children here, think playing in the mud is is fun, making mud from the Pharisees' perspective was clearly work, and it violated the way the Jewish rabbis interpreted the law given to Moses. So the Pharisees started asking questions of the healed man. How did this happen? Tell us the events. Here we go again, thinks the miracled man. He put mud on my eyes. I went. I washed. Now I can see. The Pharisees start arguing with each other. This man can't be from God, for he healed on the Sabbath day. But others said the opposite. He can't be a sinner and do such great things. So they ask the Fobmeb, What do you think of the one who opened your eyes? He is a prophet, the man says. Now comes another phase of the investigation. 
The Pharisees think it's a scam, a fake miracle. So they summon and question the parents. Is this your son? Was he born blind? How can he now see? The parents answer, yes, he's our son. Yes, he was born blind, but we have no idea how he now sees or who opened his eyes. You should ask him. He's old enough. He can answer for himself. John, the gospel writer, tells us why the parents were hesitant to speak. If you publicly confessed that Jesus was the promised Messiah, you were kicked out of the synagogue. The trial continues, and I'm calling it a trial because though it seems as though the former blind man is on trial, it's really Jesus who is on trial. Verse 24 tells us that the Pharisees decide to interrogate the Fabmeb a second time. Give glory to God, they say. This is taking an oath. In essence, the man must, as we say in our courts, tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. We know, the Pharisees continued, that the man who healed you is a sinner. No, he's not. But that's the indictment against Jesus for breaking the Sabbath law. The man born blind avoids a direct answer. I do not know if Jesus is a sinner or not, but I do know this. I was blind, but now I can see. The Pharisees demand more answers. What did he do? How did he do it? And now some humor comes into the story. The Fabmeb replies, I've told you once, you want me to tell you twice? Why? Oh, I know you also want to be Jesus' disciples. But they revile him for his smart aleck words and say, God spoke to and through Moses. We are his disciples, but we have no idea where this man, they mean Jesus, where he comes from. Which leads to the longest speech of the Fabmeb, which is an amazing and clear witness of who Jesus is. Even though he's only met Jesus once and he's never actually seen him until the man says, God doesn't listen to sinners. He listens to those who worship him and do his will. No one has ever heard that someone could open blind eyes. But Jesus did. That means he must be sent from God. How dare you try to teach us? The religious leaders shout, get out of here. So we come to the best part of the story. Jesus hears about what has happened, especially that the Fabmeb has been cast out by the judgmental Pharisees. So Jesus finds the man, and the conversation sounds a fair bit like last Sunday's dialogue with that woman at the well in Samaria. Jesus says to the man, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Son of Man is a messianic title. The Fabmeb replies, I would if I knew who he was. If I could see him, I'd believe in him. So Jesus smiles and answers. You have seen him. He is the one speaking to you right now. And the man responds in faith, Lord, I believe. 
and he worships Jesus. There are two kinds of blindness and there are two kinds of sight. Some people have 20-20 vision without glasses and without LASIK. Their physical sight is perfect. Others have impaired or lost vision. They can't see well or see at all. And some, no, all, are spiritually blind. They cannot or will not see their sin. They deny their guilt. They think they don't need a Savior, especially a Savior who goes to the shameful cross to suffer and bleed and die in their place. We are all spiritually blind. We were all born blind, born with original sin, born apart from God. And apart from God, we stumbled in unfruitful works of darkness. And we were beggars, too. Our hands were empty. We had nothing to offer God. Jesus came into the world to invite those who do not see to really see and to judge those who think they can see but are blinded by pride and faithlessness. Our Savior appeared not only to open physically blind eyes, but to open the eyes, to open our eyes of those who are spiritually blind. Christ Jesus came to shine on us with mercy and grace. He came that we might see and believe and confess and worship. So we rejoice today. We rejoice that the dirt, the mud, the filth of our sin is washed away at this pool, at the baptismal pool. And on this Lenten journey, we fix our no longer blind eyes, our perfect sight restored eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who will and must go to the cross, who will and must burst from the tomb for our salvation. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.